grace in our lives to such a degree and magnitude that God takes us from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from victory to victory, till all of us reach the destiny that God has prepared for us. How awesome our God is. Praise God. Every day unveils with new challenges in life. But every day, as the dawn breaks, God showers His grace to the degree that we need in our lives, to the measure that we need in our lives. Praise the Lord. So that God's name, so that God's purpose in us is always fulfilled. Amen. Last week, we were talking from the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. And the title for the message was, Mind Your Own Business. Okay? And we laid down the context for it. And the context was based on what Jesus asked Peter. Jesus asked Peter what? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? He asked. And when Peter responded all three times, Jesus also responded, If so, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. And we concluded by saying that service to God, service to the Savior should flow out of a heart full of love. If we don't serve God because we love Him, that's an empty service, and God doesn't want an empty service. He wants our service that flows out of love for him. Praise God. So today, we're going to move into the next realm. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Today, we're going to ask the same question in a different way. Who do you love? Praise God. Jesus said, if you love me, show this. Do this for me. Praise God. Love has to be exhibited. That's what Christ desired. That love has to be played out in life. And we ask the Lord to give us the grace to do so. Praise the Lord. Today, we're going to ask the question, who do you love? Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, who do you love? Praise God. Amen. Who do you love? From time to time, we have to answer this question. We need to ask this question ourselves. Who do we love? There is a competition constantly going on. There is a competition that's going on that's trying to pull your love. That's trying to grab your affection, your attention, your aspiration, your desire. There is a competition. There is constantly the world is appealing to us. Praise God. Even as we are indwelled by the Spirit of God, which the Bible calls, us, calls the Spirit of love. Praise God. The Holy Spirit that is deposited within us. The Holy Spirit that indwells us is the Spirit of love. Even though we have the spirit of love within us, there is a possibility 
that the love that beckons us from every corners of our lives, we can yield to that love, forgetting the love that is in residence. Praise God. That's true in the physical realm also. You have a love that is in residence. You have a spouse. You have children. We have our spouse, Lord, in residence. Whom the Bible tells us to love and to receive love. But that doesn't stop the competition. That doesn't make us immune to the beckonings that the world has for us. If that's true in the physical realm, how much more in the spiritual realm? Praise God. So come, as we take this journey together. We're going to read from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Praise the Lord. Amen. From do you love me to who do you love? The Bible says, Jesus said, if you love me, you shall keep my commandments. The scripture says, to love the Lord is to hate evil. Praise God. Here, the Bible says, do not love the world. Praise God. Do not love the world. Praise God. Now, don't you think that this is a paradox? Why do you think it's a paradox? Well, I'll tell you why. It's a paradox. It is a paradox because who is saying this? This is the promoter of love. This is the propagator of love. He is known as the apostle of love. He says, do not love the world. Praise God. He is not only the apostle of love. He is the man who unveiled the attribute of God, which is, he is the one who said, God is love. So the man who is known as the apostle of love, the man who is Unveiling the attribute of the nature of God, which is love, doesn't stop there. He's the one who showed us the magnitude of love. He wrote, for God so loved. Praise God. If you want to try, you can't. I can't. If you want to try to comprehend the magnitude of life, try to understand. For God so loved the world. Praise God. He don't stop there. He says, love one another. This man is saying, do not love. 
But then what? Do not love what? The object of love, the object of affection, the object of attention, the object of attestation is what really matters. Love is a godly quality. God is love. Spirit of love inside. It's a godly trait. But the object of love that we fall in love can alter everything. Praise God. It can show and it can derail our purpose in God if the object of love that we fall in love with is one that is not approved by God who is love. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we want to be careful. Let me be careful using my words here. We want to be careful in our selection, we want to be careful in our discernment. We want to be careful in our distinction. We want to be careful in our eliminating process, lest we fall in love with the very thing that makes the God who is love to look at us saying, Hey! What you up to? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. What is the object of love? <clears throat> Do we have anything in us, knowingly or unknowingly, that we have fallen in love with that does not meet the approval of the spirit of love that is indwelling in you. Praise God. Hmm. Praise God. John the apostle of love is saying, hey, do not love the world. What are you talking about? What world are you talking about? How in the world are you talking that you can't love the world? After all, God loves the world. Yes. Praise God. He says he loved so much. What? The world. <laughs> and the apostle of love saying, don't love the world. Do not love the world. So what world are we talking about? Christ can be wrong. Apostle John cannot mislead us. Obviously, no. That's not what it is. If you say misleading, it won't be in the scripture. So what world? Well, the scripture teaches us that there are three kinds of world. Number one is the nature of the planet Earth. Well, I don't know. I love to admire the beauty of the nature. 
God wants us to love it because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Love the world, love the earth, love planet earth. Don't worship planet earth, but love that planet earth with its glory and with its beauty. So that's not what it is. The next one is people. God so loved the world. He's talking about the people in the world. The vast sea of humanity. Six billion or so. So that's not what it is. The next one is the system. The ungodly, the godless system in the world. The Bible says, do not love that world. The world system without God. The philosophy of the system of this world, praise God, which a man builds up his happiness, happiness, joy, pleasure without God, without the approval of God. It may be the world of arts. It may be the world of commerce. It may be the world of entertainment. It may be the world of pleasure. It may be the world of sports. It may be any ungodly system and its philosophy in the world. Tell me, there is anything wrong in this world of sports? Yes or no? No. There's nothing wrong in the world of sports. But if you came to church and your mind is in the field, running around, well, Super Bowl Sunday comes. I'm sitting on the pew, but my mind is, man, when is pastor going to stop this? We got to go. And I feel this impulse to get up and leave. Well, if the pastor stop or not, Super Bowl Sunday ain't going to start before the time. But if, if, it's, if it's causing you to take your mind off where God wants and puts you in a place, there is something wrong. Nothing wrong in Super Bowl. Nothing wrong in Football, nothing wrong in soccer, nothing wrong in basketball, nothing wrong. But is it taking your attention and your affection from the things of the Lord? That you have to answer. Or if you are sitting in the house of God and you are doing this, what is this? What is this? No, that's not text. Huh? Let me see your thumb, everybody. Let me see your thumb. Oh, some people are doing this. I don't know if you guys know it or not. The guys who sit up there, they can actually see this. On Facebook. Wherever you are. Anything that's taking your attention from the object of worship, object of love, is competing 
for your time. It's competing for your attention. It's competing for your devotion. It's competing for your dedication. It's competing for your commitment to Christ, the one who loved you. That's why John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Why? Praise God. John is saying, if you do, then what? The love of the Father is not in you. Oh my God. That's very bold. How can it be possible? In other words, there is, can be no competition when it comes to loving him. Nothing can compete with you. You cannot allow anything else to compete with you. Guys, I'm not saying that you cannot play, you cannot look at sports. That's not what we are saying. But if it is stealing your devotion, only you can say it. I don't know. We can understand the signs and the symptoms. You go to a doctor. What does he do? Tell you. First thing. Huh? First thing. What? What? Come on, guys. You go to a doctor. What do they, what do, they do? They're going to do a self They're going to do a physical. What do they do? Huh? What was that? Yeah, what do they do? Examine you. Where do they start? Normally. Open your mouth. Oh, God. Chinese like, take the weight. That's right. That's right, too. Praise. Open your mouth. Yeah, they do all those things. That's right. But they look at the signs and the symptoms. Right? So nobody knows, but sometimes without our knowledge, the signs and the symptoms are seen. So looking into ourselves, if there is something lurking in us that is taking our attention and affection from the Lord, that means you have to, you are being exposed by who? By the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, not the preacher. That's not the preacher's job. We just stand here and we preach. We don't know what's going on inside in anybody's heart. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't sit there and say, man, this guy got nothing else to do. No, that is the Lord exposing you so that you can come back to him and be realigned with him in your love relationship. Praise the Lord. Who do you love? How is there a competition when you have in residence the spirit of love? Well, John exposes it. He says what? Read that verse. All that is in the world, the ungodly system, the philosophy of the ungodly, godless system the world yes the lust of the flesh, the of the flesh 
the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Praise. Is not of the Father. Praise God. From the dawn of humanity, from the dawn of civilization, Satan has been playing these three hands. And he's been playing ever since. What is it? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Praise God. What is the lust of the flesh? Identified, it's referred to such sensual bodily appetites that proceeds from our flesh, our old nature. How many of you guys have old nature? Anybody? Nobody has old nature? Everybody has a little bit old nature. You need to get victory over it, keep it down, and allow the spirit man to take rule and, and reign in our lives. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, what is that? The lust of the eye, the evil desire that arise from what we see. All right. The pride of life, the unholy ambition for self-display or self-glory. This started where? In the Garden of Eden. When Satan played these three cards against Eve. The lust of the flesh. The Bible says what? She saw that the tree, the tree was good for food. It appealed to our flesh. It was good to see it appeal to our eyes. And she realized or she was told it will make her like Wise like God. Praise God. So that is what? Appealing to the pride of life. So as we go about in this world, there is this, these three agents that are work appealing to our old nature. Takes the things that are good. Takes the things that are God ordained. Takes the things that are built in by God. And tries to take us away from the purpose of God. Lust of the eye. Our eyes when gazing on sinful objects are out of their calling. And out of God's keeping. Praise God. We have a calling. We are kept by God. But there is an appeal. Well, thank God the first man failed. But Christ when came, he also went through the same test. Number one, the lust of flesh. Satan said what? Turn the stones into bread. Appeal to what? Appeal to his hunger. Hunger is a natural, normal, automatic desire, need within man. Appeal to that by saying, turn the stone into bread. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye took him to an high place and showed him the glory. So kneel down and you can have all these things. Third, pride of life. Jump. Make a scene. Make a spectacular. There, let, let people see the glory in you. Display your power. Pride of life. Take the glory. Put the attention on yourself. 
Jesus overcame all of them. Praise God. God wants us to counter every such attack that comes from the world. Every one of us will go through this. No one is immune from it. So when, number one, when the lust of the flesh comes, what do you do? Paul, writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, I buffet my body, I discipline my body, and bring it under control. Number two, lust of the eye. The psalmist says in Psalm 101, 3. What is he saying? I will set no evil before me. Before my eyes. Pride of life. Jesus, as Paul writes to the Philippians, he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. But unfortunately, people think that this desire comes only from one angle. I want to show you that it doesn't. Look at this. This is C.S. Lewis. He says, He that looketh on a plate of ham and eggs to lust after it hath already committed breakfast within his heart. What does that tell you? Anything wrong in breakfast? For Eve, it was a fruit from the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> For Lot, it was the well-watered plains of Sodom that looked like God appealing. For Achan, it was the Babylonian, royal Babylonian garments. For David, it was somebody else's wife. For King Ahab, anybody knows? For King Ahab. It was the vineyard of Naboth. Why do I bring this? I bring this to show you that the desire can come from any angles. For Eve, it was knowledge. For Lot, it was the pursuit of a God, of a goodly life, a life of abundance. For Achan, it was a desire to have a vestment that was, that was different, that was costly. For David, it was a restricted thing that was before him. For King Ahab, who had everything, it was a patch of vineyard that did not belong to him. Could be anything. Only you know where the battle is going on. I don't know. Only you know where the battle is going on. And you have to find out where the battle is raging. And you have to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit this morning. Because God wants you to be victorious.
victorious. God wants your object of love and adoration to be Christ and Christ alone. And if there has to be a shift this morning from the adoration to the world to the adoration to the word that became flesh, Jesus, you got to abide by the word. Last one. I want you to look at this very carefully. Look at this very carefully. I'm going to explain it to you. Here we go. Built in. Built in desires. Feelings. Built in by who? Who? Look at this thing and tell me, okay? Look, look at the items there. Built in hunger, thirst, sleep, sex. Who built this in? Huh? Who? Most of you guys are not sure. They are afraid to say it. God in creation has built in these desires in you. Number one, hunger. Well, it's good because if you are hungry, you eat, and you eat right, you are healthy. But there is something here. This is where the appeal comes. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, there is an appeal. Huh? When you start eating more than what is needed, it's known as what? Do you know what was the sin of Sodom? One of the sin of Sodom was gluttony. But the downfall of Sodom. Do you know what was the sin of Roman? Rome, the Roman Empire. One of the sin of the Roman Empire was gluttony. Do you know how much those guys used to eat? They used to eat and they would go out, put their hands into their mouth, puke, throw out and then go back and eat. Gluttony. Gluttony leads to what? Gluttony leads to what? Okay. Next. Here we go. Thirst. Thank God for thirst. You can't live without water for how many days? How many days? Go home and find out. Okay. Hey. Satisfies your thirst, keeps you lively, keeps you living, make, keep, get, puts that life in you, you get good. But you watch out what you drink and how much you drink. Turn to your neighbor and tell, watch out what you drink and how much you drink. You drink too much of some stuff. <laughs> the other day, my wife sent me to, to, to the pharmacy to buy cough syrup. And I went and bought her cough syrup, and the, and, and, and the pharmacy tech there said, give me, show me your ID. I said, for what? Well, this product that you're buying, I said, it's Robitus, cough syrup. No, sir, you need to show us your ID. I said, what? For what? We want to make sure that you're 18. <laughs> I don't look 18. And so because the tech, that's all the tech knew, and that's what the tech is saying. And I, and I looked at the pharmacy and said, what is this? He said, yeah, we know that you are, you are not 18, but she has to enter your date of birth into the system. My goodness. So I come home and I tell my wife, like, what's going on here? 
what's going on? We're gonna, when you go on flight, now you've got to take your shoes off, you've got to take your socks off, take a belt off. Now you go to a pharmacy to buy cough syrup. You have to show your ID. Oh, there you go, pharmacist. Why? Because you know what? People are using this stuff for what? To get high. They're using scope to go out of scope. You know what scope is? Huh? Mouthwashing stuff. People drink that. They want to get high. My Bible says, drunkards shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Sleep. Built in by God. When you get tired, when you get weary, thank God for sleep. How many of you guys thank God for sleep? I laid me down and the Lord gave me. Amen. Praise God. You, you wake up what? You wake up all refreshed, rejuvenated, ready to go about, ready to tick all over again. But in the name of sleep, if you're sleeping all the time, you become what? Lazy and your life is wasted. See, look, these are good things. These are God-ordained things. These are built in by God. But there is an appeal to use it, to abuse it, which takes you away from the intended purpose of God. Last one. Sex. Intended purpose of God. Intimacy. Procreation. But God who has given this desire in man and woman desires that it be used within the boundary and the confines of what God has approved. When anyone steps out of the realm of the boundaries that God has set, that becomes immorality, that becomes fornication and adultery. Marriage is honorable in all and marriage bed kept pure. The fornicators and the adulterers, God will judge. That's what the Bible says. So look what Satan does. He takes what is built in, what is normal, what is natural, and he tries to put into your head to do things which are disapproved by God. Young man, young lady, the Bible says, do not arouse love before time. Cohabitation is S-I-N, sin. Now, I don't want you to read between lines. I'm not talking courtship or courting, but I am saying cohabitation is sin. Swallow it if it's a big thing to swallow. When you step out of the realms of marriage and have intimacy with anyone that is not approved of God, that falls under sin and the Bible says 
God will judge. I don't want anybody to tell later on. Pastor, you did not preach. You did not teach. We did not know about it. Praise God. Do not love the world means when the world appeals to the fallen nature and makes you to do things which are forbidden by the scripture, forbidden by God, forbidden by God's word, that is loving the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. For the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of God. He who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The Bible says, the world and his desires will pass away, but he who does the will of God shall live forever. You and I live in a world that is passing by. God's word says this world and its desires will pass away. It will fade away. Kings and kingdoms come and go. Emperors and empires come and go. Sheiks and sheikdoms will come and go. Fashions and fads will come and go. Cults and culture will come and go. The word of God will abide for. So when you bank on, you don't want to bank into a bank that is ready to go bankrupt. When you're building, you don't want to build on a structure which is ready to totter and stumble. But we want to build on the eternal word of God. Because the Bible says, he who does the will of God shall live forever. Lord, so this is our prayer this morning. Lord. Help me to understand the acceptable, absolute, perfect will of God for my life. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. Help me to stand perfect in the win all of the will of God. All eyes closed. We're going to pray and conclude. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, we yield our lives to you. We want to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and affection. Father, I pray that every competition to loving God, loving Christ, I pray that we will overcome it by the application of God's word in our lives. May the object of love, object of worship, object of adoration, object of attention be Christ and everything that is approved by you. As we depart from this place, may your presence go with us. Keep us intact in your will. May we continue to thrive and prosper. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us for now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen.